Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. We also love covering unique stories, such as the one we're going to be hearing about today. So Jen Roos is actually traveling to 12 places in 12 months, uh, even though she's working full time, which is incredible. Uh, but she actually even changed that even that wasn't hard enough. So actually, she's now done it. She's going to be doing it 16 trips in 12 months, so which is remarkable. So looking forward to hearing her story there. Uh, she's also going to be sharing about uh, solo female travel. Uh, a lot of our listeners and viewers are solo female, so they'll be definitely interested in learning about this topic and about budget travel, which is another hot topic. How to save money, how to budget, how to uh, cut costs uh, so that you can travel longer and more frequently. Uh, so uh, she has a website called Jen on a Jet Plane. Uh, so Jen, uh, uh, maybe you can quickly share a little bit about yourself and your background for the listeners and viewers. Definitely. Um, hello, my name is Jennifer. Uh, you can call me Jen. I write for jenonajetplane.com. I started writing a few years back, but I really got into travel um, last year when I switched and was able to work at a public service job that had a little bit more leave time. And then this year, as I'm approaching my 30th birthday, I decided that I would take 12 trips in 12 months to kind of commemorate that, send off my 20s with a bang, um, and just do something different, do something memorable. Uh, and it certainly has been so far. All of the other trips that you mentioned were kind of a happy accident. I've uh, gotten a little bit better than I anticipated at finding some good flight deals. So when some deals have come up that I couldn't necessarily turn down, I had a flight for $190 round trip to Cuba. Um, so I'm adding that one in for Memorial, or sorry, Labor Day weekend in September. Um, and that should be fun. So there's a few of those that popped up and that's why I'm now up to that number. Awesome. So tell us about uh, your travel so far. I mean, uh, up until now, when you're in the crisp of 30, where have you traveled to so far in your first 30 years of life? Well, I had traveled a little bit beforehand. Um, I'm a lawyer full time. So I um, beforehand in law school, I actually spent a semester in Australia. Um, and that was great for me. I was able to spend some time there and really experience culture somewhere else and see what it was like to be away from the US for an extended period of time uh, and really just get a little bit of a travel bug. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to really start traveling again too much until recently, like I mentioned, because as a new attorney, um, you're really expected to work a lot and you're expected to be there all the time, even on holidays or um, weekends. So I was lucky to find this position that is able to give me kind of a work-life balance. And that's something that I've always been looking for from the outset, because I knew that um, it, that's more of a priority to me is experiencing life, getting out there, seeing something new, not just necessarily working all the time. I think travel is, is important. Um, so I made it a priority this year, and I've been so far to Athens, Milan, uh, Florence, Aruba, the Grand Canyon, and a couple of other parks in between, Antelope Canyon, Zion, on that same road trip. I just came back from the Greek islands where I went for a few days to Santorini and Antiparos, uh, a little known island, and I'm going this weekend to Mexico. And this is all 2017, right? Yes, this has all been on 2017. I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. So you're working. Uh, uh, so how do you manage this all and how do you get holidays and tell us a little bit about the logistics of doing so many trips uh, uh, while working as well. Definitely. Uh, so first and foremost, I have to credit uh, having a very supportive staff at work. So I have a coworker who is willing to kind of step in if there's something that's scheduled. And obviously I have hearings or things with the court that I try to file notices of unavailability and I'm never gone for too long because um, I try to plan it around weekends or a holiday that's an extended weekend. So if I'm gone, it'll be an add-on of two days or so to an already three-day break that we have. 
Um, I'm going for 4th of July and we got that Monday as a gratuitous day off. So we have Monday and Tuesday and I'll be in the south of France for that Friday and Wednesday. So I'm just taking two days off for what's essentially a week long trip in July. Um, so I'm able to kind of manage that as well. So I'm, I'm lucky to have first supportive staff and then also uh, flexibility with holidays that I'm able to combine with short leave here and there to minimize the impact. And then also I earn leave as time accrues. So if I'm taking two days off in a month, you know, I'll probably earn at least a day of that back within the, by the time it's uh, my next trip. So I, I have the ability to kind of play around with that. I calculate my hours very carefully and see how much I accrue every two weeks and things of the sort. Um, but it, it's just, I've been lucky to be in a position where I'm able to do this. And I certainly realized that because I was not before. Um, and now that I am, I'm trying to take full advantage. Absolutely, and definitely you are. I mean, doing that many trips in such a short time. Uh, tell us about uh, you know the rest of the year. So we're roughly midway through the year at the time of this recording, and you still have about six months left in the calendar year. So where else are your travels going to take you uh, from now until December? Um, quite a few places. So I am very excited to go to Morocco in November. I'm hoping that that'll be a good time of the year to do the Sahara Desert, that it won't be too, too hot, but it'll be enjoyable and, and still a memorable experience. Um, and it'll be my first time visiting uh, the African continent. So I'm very excited to go and kind of journey out. Um, I'm going to go see the lavender fields in France in, in July, as I mentioned. It's always been a dream of mine because I love lavender and I just the sight of full purple as far as the eye can see um, seems like a dream to me. So that's why I'm making that a priority as well. Um, I'm going to Ecuador in October. Uh, Iceland in September uh, that I'm excited for because there's a couple of things there. You can actually journey into the center of the world, uh, so to speak, into a, a volcano. That's really cool to me to go from kind of being on top of the world at some of the highest sites that I've been in to literally being inside of it. Um, so it's this, the trips run this, the gambit uh, this year. So it's kind of nice to see that it goes from that broad range. Um, I'll also be in Toronto, Puerto Rico, and I'll be finishing off the year in Thailand. Uh, where will you be for your birthday itself? Because you did mention it's a milestone birthday. And uh, by the way, a quick little story here. Uh, I turned 40 this year and I, I decided to celebrate it in Africa I, uh, doing an animal safari. And that was one of my big bucket list items. So I was like, hey, you only turned 41, so I'm going to do it big. And uh, we celebrated my wife and kids and we had these African dancing and all that. And if you guys are interested in watching that video, uh, just uh, uh, look on my YouTube channel and you'll be able to uh, look 40th birthday, Ricky, and then you'll be able to see that cool video. So you're turning 30, and obviously any decade milestone is a big one, whether it's 20, 30, 40, 50, et cetera. Uh, so where are you going to spend your 30th birthday itself? Uh, I'll be in Thailand, as I mentioned. And I'm hoping to also, since it's so mm. close, maybe do a one or two day excursion to Angkor Wat in Cambodia and, and see the temples. Um, just because I, I think it'll be nice to be in Asia. It'll be my first time actually in Asia. Um, technically, I've been all the way over there for Australia, but never quite made it <laughs> into Asia. So I'm excited to go there and try something different. And I want to kind of see the temples and be in a more contemplative state, you know, as you're moving forward. I just kind of want to reflect on everything and, and see something that I haven't seen before. So I'm, I'm very excited for that. And happy belated. Isn't it wonderful to celebrate a birthday doing something really awesome? It's, it's a birthday you never forget. You always mark it. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, and that, that's part of the reason uh, to do these trips, um, uh, to mark the milestone, to mark the moment. Uh, so Jen, uh, tell us about how you choose your countries, because you've already mentioned uh, 
quite a lot of continents. You mentioned Ecuador and South America, you know, France, Greece, and Europe, You're mentioning Thailand and uh, Cambodia in Asia, obviously Australia in Oceania area, uh, Africa, Morocco, Africa, and then, you know, Toronto, and then uh, you know, the US, obviously. Um, so you're covering the globe pretty much with the exception of Antarctica. Uh, how do you choose the countries? Is it, uh, you mentioned like lavender, things like that, but do you have a, a certain rhyme or reason uh, by which you pick the countries that you have? Uh, sometimes a sale will pop up. So I had mentioned the flight deal to Cuba. I had no real um, intention of adding a trip into September. I had already planned on going to Iceland, but when that deal came up, I thought, you know, that might be a really cool place and an opportunity for me where I have that time off. I actually don't have to take any days to visit. It's close to South Florida. So that was convenient. Um, with regards to some of the other countries, I knew I wanted to visit Morocco. I knew I wanted to do the camel uh, kind of desert hike and see a different landscape, see something that I've never seen before. Um, I've been to the desert here, but I just think it would be different to be in the actual Sahara. Um, and to say that I've been able to have that experience of sleeping under the stars and seeing, you know, full, without any kind of ambient lighting, to seeing the full sky, which I don't think I've ever really had the experience of, even in some of the other remote places that I've visited. So it's a combination of what's on sale. Um, what flight deals pop up, and also what kind of landmark experiences that I know I want to have, what really bucket list items there are out there for me. Um, I was born in Puerto Rico, I uh, visited many times, and I've never been to uh, Vieques, the small island off the coast of Puerto Rico that has a bioluminescent bay that uh, kind of lights up when you interact with the waters, uh, with the wildlife that's in it. So I am making a trip in August, actually, when it's the new moon and there's no lighten at all and it's supposed to be the brightest just for that purpose because I wanted to see that and I want to be able to say that I've seen that being that it's you know kind of so close to my home and something that I, I've always wanted to see so it's a combination of factors um, but if there's a good deal even if it's somewhere I've never heard of I'm heading there. <laughs> um, uh, you do document your travels as well uh, so other people can follow along uh, tell us about Jen on a jet plane, a uh, little bit of the origin story there. What made you start travel blogging and what kind of stuff are you writing on your blog? Yes, definitely. So I have been writing for a couple of years and I've done some writing before for different mediums. Um, Elite Daily, I used to freelance for uh, and I write for Pace Magazine. I started with them as my first travel gig. Um, and then when I started this journey, I realized that a lot of people were inspired, they were messaging me, they were really excited by what I was doing. So I decided I really wanted to narrow in on that focus, not just blogging about lifestyle, but blogging about traveling and how somebody can do it on a budget, on their own. Um, I think for a lot of my peers, they're intimidated by the prospect of traveling by themselves. They maybe haven't done it before. They feel some kind of pressure to have somebody accompany them. So they wait. Uh, they sit around, they wait for somebody to have vacation time, they wait for a partner to come along to go with them, and they never end up going to these places. Time just passes them by and they you know, sit there wishing that they would. So I just decided to not do that. And I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me that they've been inspired by that and that they want to do the same and that they want to mimic that. So that's kind of how my site got started. Um, with brainstorming on, with a friend, we were able to come up with Jen on a jet plane. Um, it's kind of a title that could maybe work with me moving forward as I hope to have my travels carry on past this year um, and just have it be something that I continue to write about and share with people some of these amazing places that I've visited. Yeah, definitely a great domain name. It has a nice ring to it with the alliteration, the Jen and the jet plane. So uh, good on you for getting that URL, that domain name. Uh, so how do, you, how do you manage the whole uh, the solo female travel side of things? Because you are going to some places uh, that might be a little bit more dangerous than others. Uh, 
tell us a little bit about um, um, any of the challenges you faced and also how do you handle uh, being a solo female traveler? It's so funny you say that, Ricky, because I actually was just watching, I, I saw Snatch the other day, the movie with uh, Goldie Hawn and- uh, Oh yeah, the, yeah. And they go to Ecuador and I'm going to Ecuador not yeah, to exactly. have all these horrible <laughs> things happen in Ecuador. And I was like, wait, yeah. should I be more weary of some of my destinations? Because I've been traveling kind of uh, reassured. I, I feel reassured at least um, for a couple of reasons. So I research a lot. I think there's a lot of power in knowledge. So in not going to a place blindly and kind of reading reviews about the neighborhoods that you're staying in, about places to go to, places to avoid, knowing where your nearest embassy is, having people have your full itinerary. So I tell my mom, this is where I'm going to be staying. This is where I'm, you know, I contact people all the time. So kind of knowing that you're not falling off the map, maybe having your phone in a way where people can track where it is. So I always have to find my phone on, um, things like that. I feel help me feel secure knowing that I've at least prepared for what I'm going into. I'm not going in there unprepared. I'm not going in there feeling like this is something, you know, whatever. I also try to avoid um, kind of, so if I'm traveling by myself versus traveling with friends, I try to stay away from maybe too many drinks. I try to stay away in situations where I stay aware of my surroundings. Um, I try to be very weary. I try to walk, not maybe not on my phone or not taking pictures so much, but kind of very just common sense things about women and safety. And I feel like as long as you are aware of where you're going, um, if necessary, and if it's somewhere where I would feel more comfortable, I maybe would look into hiring a guide. I'm hoping to potentially hire somebody to accompany me to walk the streets of Morocco. Um, or, sorry, not Morocco, it's a country. <laughs> walk the streets of Marrakesh. Um, because I hear that the city's a little bit tough, that people can sometimes be directing you into different stalls, and that if you're by yourself, and if you look like a tourist, um, that you're kind of at risk for that, especially as a female. So knowing that ahead of time, th those are things that I've read about, again, in my extensive research, that we're a couple months out, so I still haven't even really divin really deep into Morocco yet. But just in knowing that preliminarily, I try to be safe, I try to research, and if necessary, I try to hire help or tours or different things where I can be with others and feel more secure, especially in the nightlife setting. So it's, mm -hmm. you don't go that, you don't want to go that far and kind of just have a, a daytime itinerary. It's nice, but sometimes you get bored being in bed by eight o'clock. You want to do something else and then experience the nightlife. So, and as a female, eating by yourself, going to a club or bar by yourself, going to any of these places can be intimidating. So sometimes it's a great tip just to start you off and kind of get you on the right foot to take a little nightlife tour. And that way you can go with a couple of people, it's for an hour or two, you get a drink or so included, and that way you've at least kind of seen what's out there, you've acclimated yourself to the surroundings in a way that's a little bit safer and you're not completely alone. Um, so if it's a city like that where I feel like that's the case, then maybe that's something I would consider. Awesome, some great tips there, Jen. Uh, tell us a little bit about any stories that have uh, uh, you've struggled or you've had difficulties or some fear. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes good to share those stories too. Sometimes we only share the good stuff, the beaches, the monuments, the sightseeing, but the reality is you also go through the challenges, the ups and downs, the valleys. So uh, if you don't mind sharing a little bit of those struggles, just to uh, maybe um, reassure the people who are listening and watching that uh, uh, there are definitely some uh, bumps in the road. Oh, always. The bumps are, I end up thinking those are the most fun stories. That's what I'm actually, you know, that's what the, the juicy stuff is. I mean, just on my first night in Athens exactly. alone, when I had first landed, I thought, okay, I can, I can do this. I can get from my, from the airport to my hotel on New Year's Eve, like around the midnight time. I figure it's going to be kind of crowded. It's New Year's on a Saturday. Um, 
much to my surprise, I land in Athens, it's deserted. And like, I'm not 100% sure how to get to where I'm going. The bus leaves me somewhere where I can't connect to another bus. So now at this point, I kind of have to walk to my hotel um, with my luggage through the cobblestone streets. I feel like making a lot of noise in a space that's echoing. So drawing a lot of attention to myself as like a tourist female at night, pitch black. And I'm like, I don't understand why it's New Year's and nobody's around. It's a little bit creepy, especially in a new city when you're not used to it. So. And myself having grown up in a lot of uh, cities, so I was expecting to see maybe like a homeless population at some point or, you know, people tucked away in the corner or anything. So I kept kind of going through the shadows, like trying to be like, okay, are there people kind of lurking, um, trying to walk confidently um, and having to use my data right away, which was still limited at the time because that was before I was using day plan. So I had a limited amount of data and I was like, whatever it is, I need the map to get to the thing and I'm just going to walk there try to get there the quickest I can instead of having to wait to hail a taxi at this time of night. So that was a little bit terrifying and that was just like my first, um, you know, experience in Athens. But lo and behold, I made it to my hotel. There were actually no way. They have, surprisingly, their homeless population just was not evident to me, in, at least in that street that I was in. Um, and it was very calm. And I guess people, it's just a family holiday. People were at home with their families. But I'm here thinking, like, I don't really know what's going on in Athens. Everything seems a little bit off place. And that's just that's just one. I mean, you know, there's always something. I almost always end up having issues with bags because I fly with, um, I fly with uh, budget carriers. So, oh my goodness. And they just look at my bag and they're like, I suspect it's not going to fit in the carrier. And it's always some kind of mission to try to make your bag fit into the little thing and to pay an extra fees. So there's always some missteps along the way. Um, you know, just different things like that. But I mean, I just try to kind of keep it in mind that it's funny when it happens. I'm trying to think of anything in particular that maybe stands out. But so, thankfully so far, I've been okay. Um, nothing, nothing too terrifying. Everything's worked out, thankfully. Um, but you never know. And I think in those circumstances, it's always just best to kind of have your fallback. So for me, that's having the phone plan, like I mentioned. That's always a good thing, just to feel connected and know I can contact somebody if I need to. Absolutely. Uh, you know, a great story there of Athens. I'm surprised, too. You would think uh, on New Year's in a big city like a capital of Greece, uh, it would be a, a pumping, happening place with people walking around, drinking, and uh, mulling around. So that was actually a big surprise uh, for me as well as you, obviously. I was heading into the Syntagma Square area, so maybe everybody else was just somewhere else, but I inquired and they said, you know, mainly it's a family holiday, people are at home, people aren't really out celebrating, but I thought Saturday night, I'm expecting, you know, hey, Happy New Year, and instead I'm like, just, where's my hotel? <laughs> and in Europe, you know, also if you arrive at that time of night, nobody's there, um, so you always kind of have to figure out a way to get into your hotel late at night. My last one in Greece, I got to Greece and I was, it, I. I know better, right? Because I've been there before, but I've just been so overwhelmed with all the trips. I got to Greece and I realized, you know, I don't, there's nobody here. They went home hours ago. It's like one o'clock in the morning and I don't know where to go in my room. I go to the restaurant next door and they're like, we don't know what to tell you. All the rooms are sold out. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm about to go sleep on a beach. Um, when all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I see a little white note, you know, taped to the gate and I go and I look and it was like, Ruiz, you're in room five. And I was like, and I, go, and I go searching and I get to room five and I open the door and it's unlocked and I'm like, hallelujah, I made it. Um, so, I mean, it, it's always something and you kind of just have to think of it as part of the experience and know that it'll always work out and, and that's part of traveling. Absolutely. I'm going to share a little story too because you got me inspired by your story. So, I'm currently in Trinidad and uh, uh, when we actually arrived, we arrived from South America in Guyana. And we got, when we got into the Trinidad airport, um, we tried to go into immigration and all of a sudden they're like, um, where's your return ticket? And I was like, well, we're not returning to Guyana, we're planning to go into Colombia. 
and they're like, okay, we need to have a proof of return ticket. I'm like, uh, well, I, we're not sure how long we're going to stay in Trinidad. We might stay two weeks, three weeks, uh, 10 days. So that's why I didn't get the ticket yet. And they were saying, basically, we can't let you into the country unless you have a return or onward ticket. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, we're stuck there at immigration. And uh, worst of all is that they were actually going to close the plane or send us back on the plane back to where we came from. So obviously, that was a definitely a stressful situation, not sure what to do. Um, so quickly jumped online. And I was looking for flights, but uh, they were quite expensive. Uh, so I, I was a little bit of a travel hacker. And I used a website called uh, onwardtravel.com. And they allow you to rent a ticket for 24 hours uh, uh, to a random destination from where you are. So I ended up getting a ticket, uh, it is set <laughs> from Trinidad to Panama. And uh, I was able to book that and then uh, show them the proof of actual legitimate legal ticket. And uh, it, it's only valid for 24 hours and it costs 10 US dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they let us through immigration. We're in the country now in Trinidad. And uh, it was a scary moment. Uh, it didn't cost me much more than that $10 bill. but. Uh, here we are now, and now we have the freedom to make the choice of how long we want to stay because I don't, um, I don't like to have all the dates uh, scheduled because we're doing a little bit of a longer trip. Uh, so if we like to stay longer, et cetera. And obviously, if you change your flights, you're going to have to pay more uh, to, to reschedule them. So that was my little hiccup story. How does that renting a ticket thing work? I don't know. I, I don't know fully. You got to look on the website. Uh, all I know is this is legal. If you look on the website, uh, I was a little bit scared. I'd never used it before, but I, I listened to it on actually another podcast. And um, um, I actually had another friend who used it in Brazil because Brazil has the same kind of issue. When you go into Brazil, they need an onward or return ticket. And Brazil is a big country. I mean, some people who are long term travelers, they like to actually just uh, come in one way and then decide where they're gonna fly out of, right? So um, this rental ticket option is amazing. So that's why I'm kind of sharing the story and recommending others to do it. I don't know the ins and outs of the logistics of how it works, but uh, it worked for me and it worked for my buddy and it works for literally hundreds of people around the world. But uh, you take a look at the website and uh, get more info. <laughs> Definitely, thank you. Yeah, no worries, Jen. So Jen, uh, you're, uh, air, uh, you're one of the specialists in the area of budget travel. Uh, um, you know, you've done these, uh, uh, you know, multiple trips already. You're going to be doing 16 trips in 2017 alone. And who knows what 2018 will hold? I, I wonder if you'll be able to surpass that. We'll see. But uh, would was curious to know about the budgeting side of things. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, it is expensive to book your flights, uh, hotels, sightseeing, transport, food, so on and so forth. So tell us about how you uh, cut your costs and save money and still travel so much as you do. Yes, it's difficult, especially on a public service salary, because I work for a nonprofit organization. So I love my job, but it, um, you know, isn't necessarily overly lucrative where I can be taking luxurious, you know, all-inclusive stays at my discretion. Um, So I've had to kind of make do in other ways. One of the ways is I've started teaching on the side online uh, in the morning. So I wake up every morning around 6 o'clock to teach classes for about two hours or so. Um, And then in the weekends, I teach for longer. Because I'm, I'm not going to work, so I can kind of get up earlier and do at least three to four hours there, um, and that gives me an income of about uh, about twelve hundred a month at extra additional, um, which I'll obviously have to account for at the end of the year with some taxes as well, because it's um, just as an independent contractor. But it's still helpful, um, especially because when you get a raise at a job, it's not necessarily even if you were to get like a five thousand dollar raise, it usually comes out to like an extra hundred or so dollars of a mm-hmm. paycheck once you salaried out. So this infusion of cash monthly really makes a difference. And what are you teaching, Jen? Uh, I'm teaching with VIP Kid. 
Oh, okay. So that's like English teaching to China, is it? Correct. And yes, so my friend. My friend told me about VIP Kids. The requirements are that you have a bachelor's at least. So I was able to kind of surpass the need for any kind of teaching certifications or requirements with the fact that I had, you know, a graduate degree. Um, and I just took the process seriously, the interview process seriously. I really worked on it. I made sure that I reviewed all their materials and, and put forth a good foot and, and was able to get hired with them. And that's been a, a big help for me, um, just in terms of funding trips that need to be funded right away. So if I need to buy something, I, you know, spontaneously or in the spur of the moment, I have that ability. Um, I've also started using travel credit cards. So I have a hard time, like I kind of cringe buying something that doesn't bring me points nowadays. So I, um, so if I'm gonna buy anything, I want it to be on the card so that at least I know that that purchase is getting me something back from it. Um, I've been able to use those points to get free trips or at least reduce trips to a lot of places. I use my flight to Ecuador cost me 15 bucks to get to Ecuador um, with just wow. points on JetBlue. And, and JetBlue is actually the best one that I've discovered so far with regards to points awards and point redemptions there the other ones delta I've, I've been able to use but it hasn't been as you know as, as many flights i've really i booked to and from aruba to and from ecuador to and from a lot of these places from south florida um that are more affordable on JetBlue, and that they require maybe five to seven thousand ten thousand points max to to redeem whereas Jet, delta requires like a sixty thousand it's just it's a kind of a harder burden um so JetBlue has been great for me and the JetBlue card and, and some of the other cards that I've been trying have been very helpful in terms of getting the initial point bonuses and getting me free trips. Um, sponsorships have been the other thing that you had mentioned earlier. So I've been working with different companies just in regards to kind of getting the word out about them while simultaneously getting either discounted or uh, free visits to places, uh, which has been very helpful. And it's definitely something that I would recommend for anyone with a strong social media following, even if they're not necessarily a blogger, but if there's somebody that you know you have influence, I would I would recommend that and, and, and explain that to them. Because um, they're always looking for people to work with and different ways to get the word out and it doesn't hurt to, you know, at least offer some kind of discount. Um, another way, let's see, what else? I've been kind of selling odds and ends. So if I have the old clothing instead of donating, I've been kind of keeping it and selling it on an app called Poshmark. So I could probably go and donate it right away, but instead I keep a little bag and like every now and then I have items that sell. I just had a dress that sold for about, you know, 30 extra dollars. So little things here and there on the house that I could you know, just make money off of, um, to got rid of some DVDs, um, different things like that. So, and, and that's helped me get organized and get some kind of savings and get a cushion and feel like I'm traveling, but I'm not also floundering. I'm not kind of trying to hold my head above water. I'm in a good spot. I can go somewhere, rent a car and be okay with them putting a hold on my credit card for that amount, um, which when I first started this journey was not the case. Um, it, money was tight so this has actually kind of helped me and forced me to get my finances in order um and i think it's been good i think it's been necessary and i'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity so you mentioned quite a few things i mean all of those things can be unpacked i'd love uh, i'd love to actually ask you more about the travel hacking side of things i actually have been looking for a female travel hacker because most of the travel hackers i know and have interviewed have been male and for some reason there's not enough female travel hackers so if you're a female travel hacker watching I'd love to interview you really in depth about the topic but uh, maybe you can um, share some of your insights into travel hacking uh, in terms of um, what credit cards to apply for uh, you know how do you acquire lots of points and then how do you redeem them effectively so tell us a little bit about your experience with travel hacking 
So when I started, I was a little bit nervous about getting into the credit card game. I think like a lot of people are, and they don't really know what's going on. You know, points is an ambiguous concept. So I started with JetBlue because I have been comfortable with them. I flew with them. They're regional. They have a lot of flights out of the Fort Lauderdale airport, which is close to me. Um, and so I thought this will be an easy, low-limit airline credit card. If I don't like it for any reason, I can just cancel it. I wanted to make sure there was no annual fee associated with it. Um, and that's worked out well for me. So after further research, I've realized that the best card and the one most highly recommended by everybody is the Chase Sapphire uh, preferred card. And that one I have been waiting for because they every now and then put a $100,000 uh, point sign-up bonus, whereas right now they only have a 50,000 point sign-up bonus. But earlier this year, around January, February, they had the 100,000. So I'm confident at some point again they will, and I'm gonna wait until I get to that 100,000 because double is quite significant. And I may as well at this point, you know, I'm in no hurry to get it, but I know that that's the best card. It's, it has a, an annual fee, I believe of 450, but it gives you a $300 travel credit and you have the different um, points on anything uh, travel related that you get. So you get, I think, double the points on any hotels that you stay at and things of the sort. Um, you get free global entry application with it. So it has a lot of benefits and perks. And that's universally from all my research, the one that people recommend. Uh, but for anybody starting out, I recommend just picking an airline that you feel comfortable with, that you like to fly with, that you know has a lot of flights out of your local port and airport, um, and go from there. Because I, I think that's the best way to kind of just dip your feet into it and, and experiment with points and see how it works. Um, at least knowing that with the bonus miles, you're gonna be, you should be able to, with any credit card in the U.S., with bonus miles, get at least one free flight. Otherwise, you sign up for a completely horrible deal. Um, but most of them offer you enough points where you should really have enough to redeem them for at least one one free flight. Um, maybe not round trip to Thailand, which was my disappointment when I started kind of working with the Delta flights, but I was able to use my points to get a flight back from Bangkok for $70 to Miami. Um, and that was worth it to me um, just in and of itself. And I'm sure I could have gotten a round trip flight domestically comparably. Um, so that was something I learned. I'm still working a little bit on my hotel points. I haven't really gone too far into that because I've kind of gone a little crazy with um, like Airbnb lately. Um, I'm a little bit obsessed with it. I love it. Uh, you can usually find just some really great deals and really unique places and with great hosts and right in the center of things where I feel like a local. So in Florence, I rented a loft that was fantastic. It was about maybe I think $278 for four days. Um, so it came out to be a great price and it was right like blocked down from the Duomo. Um, and I got to enter through these really big castle doors. So I felt like a really cool local. just like, oh, I'm just, I'm coming in here. Don't worry, don't mind me. Um, so it was, it was really fun. It was a great, great experience. And I enjoy that a little bit more than I do kind of the high-end resorts. Um, Cause I feel like you're a little bit more immersed in, and for me as a solo traveler, especially now as a blogger and a photographer, I, I like to see that different aspect, not necessarily just the resort life. Um, so I've been kind of using Airbnb a lot and haven't, but I have a lot of friends that I know do points and do, you know, Hilton stays, Hyatt stays, everybody has their set brand that they're with. Um, and that's, that's great. For me, I think I, I've been working a little bit more on some, I haven't really gone that far yet. I definitely have brand loyalty towards airlines, but not hotels yet. And that's for that reason, because I try to stay in all kinds of different wherever the best deal is, I feel, for lodging. Awesome. Yeah, you did mention also you do get sponsored stuff, so maybe you can share some of the awesome stuff you've got so far because of your travel blog and because of your social media influence. So what kind of freebies have you got so far? Yes, so um, I was able to stay at the Boardwalk Hotel in Aruba, 
which is a fabulous hotel. It's right there in um, right in the middle of Aruba. It's has its own right back from the beach. It's right from the, I believe the Ritz is right there and the Marriott as well. And then the Boardwalk, which is a little charming hotel. Um, it has 14 little casitas. So you have your own kind of private villa-ish, um, which was very fancy with a hammock. And I was able to stay there um, complimentary for two nights, thanks to them in exchange for coverage on my site um, and different social media channels. And they were just wonderful. They're, it's owned by two sisters from Amsterdam and they're just amazing. Um, or from the Netherlands. I don't know if I should specify down to Amsterdam. Um, also, I was a, I've been able to get such delicious food. So uh, in Florence, I ate the best Florentine steak, um, which melted in my mouth. And after a day of walking, I, like, I needed the iron, you know, like I really needed to eat something substantial, like meat and potatoes. And it was amazing. And that was, a, you know, in an ambiance where it was set up and I was able to have complimentary wine and kind of listen to the live piano music. And it was just lovely. Um, some of the other places, I'm, I'm going actually on another food tour in Puerto Rico that I can't wait for because I love Puerto Rican food. I have a bias, obviously, but um, I'm obsessed and I'll be going on a walking tour with them for three hours. So a lot of different activities like that. Um, I went to the High Roller in Las Vegas where they, it's an observation wheel. I think it's the highest in the world actually wheel. So not necessarily tower, but it's kind of a giant Ferris wheel where you get your own pod and it has 360 views of the city. Um, and they hosted me, they were able to I was able to just kind of go and, and bring a friend with me. I actually got the complimentary ticket for my friend as well, which was wonderful. Um, so that's great when you can kind of just do different things and it helps with your budget as well. Um, and I'm always grateful for if, if it's complimentary, if it's a discount, whatever it is, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to kind of work with these organizations and that they, they're excited to work with me as well. Absolutely. I'm a big advocate of doing the travel blogging. Uh, that's something I teach about in my coaching, but uh, basically uh, getting uh, free hotels, free sightseeing, free food, free transport, all in return for obviously a blog review, maybe some video coverage, uh, some social media posts. And it's an incredible trade-off because uh, um, you're, you're documenting the trip. Uh, you're also helping the hotel. You're helping your readers pick a good place that you've been to yourself. And best of all, um, it's the right price tag, uh, you know, uh, in return for free, but it, actually you're paying for it in your time. Right. And with them as well, I think it's in their interest. It's advertising that doesn't cost the same as a commercial would or something of the sort. You know, you're kind of just hosting somebody. So I think it's win-win and I expect it to fully blow up in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. It's already blowing up. Uh, and the people in the know, like yourself as a travel blogger myself, we're so excited about doing it. Uh, you know, and that's why we're trying to inspire more people to actually get into travel blogging. And yeah, I think uh, the more and more hotels and uh, companies and tourism boards uh, realize the power of influencer marketing, uh, bloggers, social media influencers, uh, it's going to take off even more. Uh, in South America, where we've been for the last few months, unfortunately, they're not as blogger friendly. I've been trying to pitch uh, different tourism boards or hotels. And usually because I don't write it in Spanish, I write in English, I usually get ignored. Uh, they probably can't, uh, don't, don't even bother reading the email. It's like, English, you know, forget it, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually find that's my experience as well because I'm more comfortable writing in English, but my mother writes so beautifully in Spanish that when I want a response, I have her craft it. I'm just like, mom, translate this, make it pretty. And I'll send it to somebody and then next thing you know, I get this magical reply. Um, um, so she's been a great tool for me in terms of communicating in Spanish, because you're right, how you communicate makes a difference with the response you get from the audience there. Absolutely. So Jana, you, you're doing these 16 trips this year. Um, what's next? I mean, what's what does 2018, 2019 hold for you? Uh, well, I already had a really great deal that I didn't 
pass up. So there's a $300 round trip flight to Madrid that I booked for February. Um, so I'll be spending Valentine's Day-ish in the south of Spain, uh, which I'm very excited for. And then we'll see where the rest of it goes. Uh, I'd love to continue to travel, definitely budgeting my time and with my work commitments. I'd love to write about this year, actually, because I've had a lot of really unique experiences. Um, met a lot of really great people and just had adventures on my own that I, I want to document. So I'd love to put a, a kind of a, a book together just with all of that and, and hopefully publish that maybe an ebook or something of the sort and work on that next year um, and just move forward growing my site. I, I've also, so I recently, I was published with the Washington Post for how to book cheap flights um, and I've, I'm thrilled and I was uh, picked up after that by ABC News that also kind of did a follow-up feature. So I kind of want to work with uh, that as well, continuing to write posts for different mediums and pitching my work to different sites and magazines and newspapers. So those are my goals. And uh, do you think you're going to hit your record of 16 plus countries in one year? I hope so, if I don't drop from exhaustion beforehand. But no, I, I've, I've been doing good. We're halfway through. I actually, you know, I was just having kind of a, a moment the other day where I thought about that. And I was like, that's it. We're at the six month mark. Like this year is flying one way or another. It's, it's happening. Um, so it's, it's exciting. And I think I'm, I'm going to make it. And it's going to be, I'm, I'm already a different person than I was when I started. Because traveling has that powerful ability to transform you and make you realize what you really want in life, what's important, um, just kind of by seeing something different than your everyday bubble. And so, so far, it's been amazing. It's been transformative, and I'm already completely different than I was when I started. So I don't even know where I'm going to be six months from now, what opportunities are going to come my way. And I'm excited. I'm very excited. I think it's all just something to look forward to. I mean, I'm anticipating it. Awesome, and I'm sure your, your viewers and your blog followers are anticipating the journey ahead as well. So Jenna, if people wanted to find out more about you, uh, your website, your travels, and if they wanted to follow you on social media, et cetera, how can they do that? I am at jenonajetplane.com. That is my site, and you can find me at that same handle. So on Twitter, at jenonajetplane, and Instagram, at jenonajetplane, Facebook, I've managed to conquer the entire Jet on the Jet Plane spectrum, so I did it. Um, so that's how you can find me. And uh, you can email me at jenruizwriter, R-U-I-Z. Um, the contact form is on my site as well. If you have any questions or just want to chat or kind of get advice about your own you know, ambitions, I have a lot of people that have reached out, and I'm always happy to provide support in any way that I can. Um, and, and that's that. And look for my work on different mediums. So I'll be writing an article with Pace coming for coming up on Antiparos that I just visited. Um, it's actually Tom Hanks's uh, Greek island of choice. It's where he has his villa. So they want me to write an article on why uh, hippies love the island because it, it was dubbed the hippie island by my waiter in Santorini. Um, so I'm going to be writing a piece on that soon and just hopefully have some more articles coming out. Sounds good. Uh, so make sure you follow Jen. Her website is Jen on the Jet Plane. And uh, like she said, uh, she's uh, everywhere with the same username, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more. So make sure you check it out at Jen on a Jet Plane. And thanks for your time today. And happy travels as you uh, head to Mexico this weekend and as you head to the next few countries over the, over the year. Thank you so much, Ricky. Uh, so thanks everyone for tuning into this episode, a uh, really unique story of a solo female traveler uh, uh, going to 16 plus countries in one year alone uh, to celebrate her 30th birthday. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, on YouTube, follow us on social media as well, Digital Nomad Mastery, and we'll see you in the next episode. Happy travels, everyone.